and welcome to episode number 152 of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bement, your host, saying hello, welcome to um, 2023, welcome to almost the end of January, a month into this new year, and uh, it's been a really busy one for myself. Um, I went to my first Doctor Who convention that I've been to in probably over a decade, uh, This uh, not this weekend, but the weekend before, at Console Room here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, it was nice catching up with old friends and um, being back, watching, taking part in panels and uh, hosting some panels myself. I'll talk about that here in a little bit. But it was uh, just great. It's Doctor Who is like forefront on my mind as far as like my hobbies and my passions. In between this uh, podcast that I do and, you know, we have new Doctor Who coming up. Um, we have a new comic strip in Doctor Who magazine. Speaking of which, Doctor Who Magazine number 586 came out, and I was uh, honored and uh, amazed to see that the letter I had sent to them was chosen as the star letter of the month in Doctor Who Magazine. For those of you who may not have seen it, I basically talked about the the kind of restarted Doctor Who Magazine with issue 584 that had David Tennant on the cover with the the new uh, kind of old-school diamond logo on it, and uh, the fact that the comic strip is kind of taking center stage now as what we have for new Doctor Who until the the specials come out in, on TV back uh, or later on this year. And I hope, if, if you have a chance to read the letter that I sent to, to DWM, I was trying to encompass the feelings and the thank yous that uh, I think all of us Doctor Who comic strip fans wanted to give to uh, the the editors and creators of Doctor Who magazine for uh, and Russell T Davies too for bring, making the comic strip important again. Um, I felt kind of over the past few years that the comic strip in DWM was kind of getting pushed to the wayside. It wasn't near as important as I felt it should be, or comic fans uh, probably thought it should be. And ha- having a comic strip now that is in continuity, that is, um, it, it's an actual adventure of the 14th Doctor. It's the first adventure of the 14th Doctor. And DWM promoting it, Russell T. Davies talking about it. Um, I, I felt that um, maybe Doctor Who comic strips are, are back, uh, taking a little more importance than what they had been in the past, especially when, you know, Beep the Meep is going to be showing up in Doctor Who on TV. We're going to see that this this uh, year. So it's it's great to see that the comic strip is important again. I hope I encompassed that in the letter that I sent to them. And thank you, uh, Marcus Hearn and uh, all the people that work at Doctor Who Magazine for thinking my letter was important enough to, to be chosen as the Star Letter of the Month. Anyway... Uh, in this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, a quick run-through, we are going to talk about the news, what news we have uh, for Doctor Who comics, and then we're going to open the Pandorica on the most recent comic strip that has come out, which is Liberation of the Daleks Part 3 from Doctor Who Magazine, and then we're going to go into the Matrix. Uh, I just finally got a copy of Daleks, the Ultimate Comic Strip Collection, uh, Volume 1 of the two volumes that uh, are out. And the very first strip that's in there is a backup strip from Doctor Who Weekly magazine, uh, The Return of the Daleks. So we're going to take a look at that story. Then I'm going to kind of give you a quick overview of my experience at Console Room here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't know how many people are nearby to Minneapolis, but 
or those of you who have gone to Doctor Who conventions, but I want to talk about what it's like to go back to a Doctor Who convention or go to a Doctor Who convention. Um, there's plenty of them out there, whether you're here in the United States or over in the UK. Uh, maybe this will kind of entice you to go. Uh, you can hear from my experience, and maybe that'll entice you if you've never been to a convention to go and experience one on your own. So I'll talk about that, and that is pretty much it for this uh, episode of Panel to Panel. So with this rather long intro out of the way, let's jump like we do every episode and go check out the news. In Doctor Who comic news on this episode of Panel to Panel, there's not all that much in way of news to talk about, so I'm just going to go over the re- or, uh, new releases for the month of January. Um, we covered these the last episode, but I'm going to just refresh them because you didn't listen to the last episode. And, uh, on Wednesday, January 4th, over here in the U.S. Uh, at comic shops, Doctor Who magazine uh, issues 581, 582, and 583 came out at comic book shops as physical um, paper copies. So if you were collecting them, you might want to check your local comic shop if you missed out on those issues. On Thursday, January 5th, Doctor Who magazine issue 586 came out uh, digitally and over in the U.K. And then we jump ahead to uh, the week of Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, it was a big week in comics shops. Uh, Doctor Who magazine issue number 584 was released, or made it to comic shops, as well as the Doctor Who Origins trade paperback from Titan Comics. If you're a fan of the Fugitive Doctor or the Joe Martin Doctor, uh, you definitely want to pick up that story because it's a good uh, Fugitive Doctor story. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And Daleks, the Ultimate Comic Strip uh, Collection Volume 1, made it over here to, to the U.S. Hopefully Volume 2 is not too far behind. And that is pretty much it as far as new releases. Uh, Doctor Who Magazine issue number 587 should be coming out the first Thursday of February, which would be uh, Thursday, February 2nd. Uh, don't quote me on that, but if they hold with their every four weeks publication date, that's when 587 will come out. So, outside of that, um, nothing really new as far as news, so let's just make this short and sweet, and we'll go into a couple reviews. It is once again time to uh, go open the Pandorica on the newest Doctor Who comic strip that has been out there, and this time around, once again, since Titan Comics isn't putting anything out, we are going to Doctor Who magazine issue number 586 to take a look at Liberation of the Daleks Part 3. This is continuing the brand new in-continuity story of the 14th Doctor, as told by Alan Barnes, with art by Lee Sullivan, coloring by James O'Freddy, lettering by Roger Langridge, uh, Marcus Hearn is the editor, and of course the Daleks are created by Terry, Terry Nation. So, as this story takes place, the Doctor had been standing off the Daleks and getting ready to be exterminated, and uh, he discovers that he's uh, still alive. And he's not really sure why, but the Daleks keep zapping him, and it just has no effect. Um, The Supreme Dalek wants the Doctor brought to him. Meanwhile, the the alien family that had escaped... Um, the stadium and the Dalek attack is going, uh, running around, doing another kind of sightseeing as the Daleks are kind of trying to take over the whole world. And, um, the doctor, meanwhile, is trying to figure out just what in general is going on. The doctor finally figures out that, that he's real, um, cause he isn't really sure about himself, 
But then he checks with or scans the Daleks and discovers that the there's something odd about the Daleks. The Daleks aren't uh, individual aliens. They're more like uh, photocopies of of each other. So he's like, you know, you're you're fakes. But uh, that's why he was they weren't able to exterminate him. And he's trying to figure out what what the deal is with these Daleks. Meanwhile, the alien family, um, the the doctor has told the the Dalek Supreme to call off his invasion of Earth, and the Daleks are kind of starting to retreat, and the the alien family is like, you know, what's going on? Which definitely leads us to believe that there's something odd about these aliens. But to uh, build up to yet another cliffhanger, the Dalek Supreme doesn't like the Doctor's insinuation that they are fake, and so they he is going to prove it once and for all. And that leads to the big uh, cliffhanger of this part of the strip, which I'm not going to reveal because it is uh, pretty pretty big as far as a cliffhanger goes. Part 3 of Liberation of the Daleks, in my opinion, was uh, a good continuation of this this story. Uh, once again, for those of you unfamiliar, this is an incontinuity story, First Adventure of the 14th Doctor. It is a uh, 12 or 13 part story, I can't remember which, but either way it takes place within the first hour of the, the 14th Doctor's regeneration. So it's going to be a lot happening in a short amount of time. So once again, quite a bit happens in this story in these six pages. Um, and it advances the story a little bit. It wants it kind of answers one question by wondering how the, do, the Doctor wasn't being exterminated by the Daleks till the next one of what's the deal with the Daleks. Um, Lee Sullivan's artwork is just as amazing as it has been. You know, he is the the Dalek artist bar none, and um, Alan Barnes is still telling a heck of a story that's uh, fast-paced and something to definitely look forward to in each issue of Doctor Who magazine. So if you haven't been picking up Doctor Who magazine, um, make sure you pick it up, number one, for the comic strip, and number two, for all the really good uh, info that's in there. I know I've been sharing with some friends of mine who don't read Doctor Who magazine, who have been asking me questions about the the new uh, RTD2 regime and what's going to be going on with Doctor Who, um, giving them quotes from Russell Davies from Doctor Who magazine. So outside of the comic strip, there's one more reason to, to get yourself a subscription to DWM. Meanwhile, this review of the strip, just as good as the past uh, couple parts. Uh, two more thumbs up, and I look forward to seeing where this story is going. Exterminate! It's time to go into the Matrix on this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, and it's kind of a special one because I finally got myself a copy of Daleks, The Ultimate Comic Strip Collection, Volume 1. This is uh, Panini or Doctor Who Magazine's reprinting of all the Dalek comic strips up to present. Um, you know, Dalek strips are always good, always good for marketing, always good for sales. So having uh, a collection of the Dalek strips all together in a couple volumes is really neat. So I thought this time would be a perfect time to go into the Matrix to review The Return of the Daleks. Uh, back in Doctor Who weekly days or the early days of Doctor Who magazine, they would do backup strips. They'd have your eight-page regular strip, and then they'd do four-page backup strips. And um, this was the very first one. It was in Doctor Who weekly issues one through four. It was written by uh, wonderful writer Steve Moore. With art by Paul Neering for issue, or the parts one through three, and David Lloyd of V for Vendetta fame doing uh, the artwork for part four. And it was edited by Des Skin, who of course was the first, the founder and first editor of Doctor Who magazine. Um, the Daleks, the Ultimate Comic Strip Collection, is really neat because these backup strips haven't really been reprinted uh, 
much, if at all. So for me, it was a treat to see this story because uh, I haven't read it before. So to give you a plot synopsis, I went on the internet, and here's a plot synopsis that I found. The Doctor's story begins as, drawing on an 800-year-old tale from Anhat's past, Glax decides to retell the legend of the Daleks' defeat by General Nord Din and revive a flagging hologram movie industry. Drawn by the film's publicity, the actual Daleks are smuggled to Anhat, disguised as a cargo of machine tools by their female slave, Quay, to exact their revenge. Glax and the film's star actor, Hawk Nepo, take riders into the deserts of Vash, uh, seeking a clue to the Daleks' earlier defeat. They are followed by Quay, who is actually a Dalek slave. In a concealed weapons chamber, a holographic image of an aged Nordin is about to reveal how to destroy the Daleks, but is destroyed by Quay, who summons her masters. The Daleks release Quay from their control before arriving. Turning against her masters, she uses the Dalek implant to activate Nordin's weapon, a crystal helmet which attacks the Daleks' minds by magnifying the desire to win from the mind essence of a thousand men, but drains the user's youth while doing so. In doing so, Quay sacrifices her own life and the Daleks are defeated once more. Leaving Quay's body in the chamber, Glax and Hawk depart. However, while Hawk never wants to see another Dalek, Glax is outlining plans for a new movie which he himself could star in. So this is kind of a neat little story um, about a, a planet that had the legend of the Daleks from 800 years ago and uh, a guy who decides to make a movie about the Daleks. To me, it was kind of strange how the Daleks said, oh, since they're making a movie about us, that's a good way to smuggle us onto the planet. We can get revenge for what happened to us 800 years ago. But you know, it made for a good story. Steve Moore, I thought, did a nice job of telling a, a fresh Dalek story um, without having the Doctor in it. He's just kind of the, the intro person to the story. Um, the artwork, I thought, was great. Uh, it's not very often you see Paul Neary doing uh, artwork that he penciled most of the time. When you hear Paul Neary, you associate that with Alan Davis of Captain Britain and Excalibur and uh, all sorts of Marvel books primarily. But it was nice seeing Paul Neary doing uh, artwork on his own, especially back in, you know, late 70s, back in early days of Doctor Who magazine. I thought this story was just a, a nice, fun story, a uh, nice way to bring the Daleks into their own um, as, as a, an enemy, um, a small force of Daleks. And it was neat just seeing this reprinted. Um, Kind of going along with that, the the strips that have been reprinted in this Daleks compendium or uh, collection are su super nice uh, as far as being reproduced. They've been cleaned up. The artwork looks amazing. Um, once again, Panini goes out of their way to put uh, extras in the back of the the book, kind of giving you a backstory for each strip that's in there. So as far as the Return of the Daleks from Doctor Who magazine uh, issues one through four. I give this story two thumbs up. It was a lot of fun. And as a kind of a side review, the Daleks, the ultimate comic strip collection, it's just amazing to look at. Uh, a great collection of Dalek strips. And I'm looking forward to getting the second volume. Last weekend here uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, there was a Doctor Who convention called Console Room that happened. And I, uh, for the first time in quite some time, probably 10 years or so, I finally went to a Doctor Who convention, probably longer than that, actually. Um, 
and it was a kind of a Christmas present to myself, and I went and had a wonderful time. For those of you who have never been to console room, it's kind of a smaller Doctor Who convention. It was roughly probably about 300 people. Um, the guests of honor were Sophie Aldred, who played Ace, of course, with the Seventh Doctor, and Tommy Knight, who played uh, Sarah Jane's son on the Sarah Jane Adventures. So it was a nice kind of a small intimate gathering um, for somebody who hasn't been to a Doctor Who convention like myself in quite some time. I thought it was nice going to a, a smaller convention. Um, I got to talk one-on-one with quite a few people, um, and it was a lot of fun. They, um, I wanted to say kudos and thank you and good job to Jason Tucker, who uh, was the head of the convention, and all of his staff. Um, they did an excellent job putting this convention together. Uh, they did an excellent job of um, panels that you could go to and sit in on and, and talk about various different uh, things. In fact, one of the things the console room does, which is, I think is neat, is they have a lot of online con- or, uh, panels that are recorded ahead of time. In fact, I took, play- or I took part in a couple of them, which if you go on YouTube and do a search for a console room, you should be able to find them and you can watch them for yourself. Uh, myself and a couple other gentlemen did a panel about uh, Red Dwarf, and I also did a panel with a friend of mine, uh, Greg, and we did a panel about uh, keeping up appearances and the, the kind of observing the anniversary of keeping up appearances and and uh, how much we enjoyed the show. So, But there's other Doctor Who panels. Uh, a lot of the panels that happened uh, at Console Room, they recorded and uh, put up on Discord, but I think they've also put them up now as YouTube videos that you can watch. So it's kind of their way of giving back to Doctor Who uh, fandom and to the community by having these panels that you can watch. And they're really neat. It's neat to um, see people talk about all sorts of different aspects of Doctor Who. And if you've never been to a Doctor Who convention, that's one of the best parts of conventions that I kind of forgot about until I went to a console room is going to panels. Basically, you have anywhere from, you know, usually two to four people sitting, heading, kind of hitting the panel, and uh, they're usually experts on a particular subject. And um, then they you talk about whatever the subject is. I know there was a panel about um, how to introduce classic Doctor Who to people who have only seen new Doctor Who. Um all sorts of different subjects that you can go, uh, and and they encourage audience participation, which I think is neat because if you have a, an idea or something you want to bring up or something you can add to the subject, um, you can you know raise your hand, speak speak your mind. So I sat on a lot of different panels, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I was able to uh, meet Sophie Aldred, who I've met several different times over the years. But uh, I was also able to chat with her about her her one and only time being editor of Doctor Who magazine. You know, since I have this podcast and I'm a fan of Doctor Who magazine, I thought it'd be something that she probably doesn't talk about all that often. So um, that was that was neat. And outside of that, it was just console room was a lot of fun. Um, it's if you're looking for a smaller convention where you can kind of relax and take it easy uh console room is definitely that definitely fits the bill there's other conventions out there gallifrey one is coming up which is probably the biggest doctor convention taking place next month out in los angeles 
I uh, haven't been to that one in quite some time. That is definitely a big convention. Um, if you're looking to meet lots of Doctor Who fans, that is definitely the place to go. Also, if you're looking forward, looking to meet uh, lots of Doctor Who celebrities or sci-fi celebrities or authors or big Finnish people, Gallifrey One is definitely a place to go. There is another Doctor Who convention coming up. Uh, it's always over Thanksgiving weekend in Chicago. It's called Chicago TARDIS. Once again, that is a pretty good-sized convention, um, but that is one I've been a fan of. I went there quite a bit when it first started out, and I highly recommend that one. So, um, I guess that's kind of just my little spiel about conventions. Once again, thank you to Jason and all the folks here in Minnesota. Um, special shout-out to my friend Lars, who came up from Iowa, and we got to hang out off and on throughout the weekend and chat. Um, also... Uh, I want to say hello to the fine folks over at the all-new Doctor Who book club podcast, uh, one of which I've had on the, the podcast before, uh, Matt Savile-Cole, who I finally got to meet in person because he lives here in, in Minnesota. So it was nice meeting him. And that is it for my convention experience. Make sure if there's a convention near you, you check it out. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to this uh, new episode of Doctor Who Panel the Panel. Yesterday, which was January 28th, marked the ninth anniversary of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Uh, back in 2014, uh, on January 28th, I released the very first episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, which unfortunately has been lost to the, the uh, mists of time. But um, ever since then, I've put out an episode here and there, usually every couple weeks, kind of on average. And uh, I've gained a small yet powerful following. Uh, this podcast never really set out to break any records or become a big mammoth Doctor Who uh, podcast. Because trust me, there's plenty of them out there and plenty of them that cover uh, a lot more in way of Doctor Who material than just comic books or comic strips. And the history of, of those comic strips. But for me, this has always been a labor of love. I am a big comic book fan, a big Doctor Who fan, and being able to cover both bases in one podcast is something that uh, I'm I'm proud of and something I enjoy doing. I wanted to take uh, just a moment here at the end of this episode, which is the, the ninth anniversary episode, and thank all of you out there who listen and those of you who have talked to other people who are Doctor Who fans or comic strip fans to check out this podcast. I also want to thank all my guests over the years who I've had on, every, anyone from uh, book publisher to podcast host to comic strip writer, comic strip artist, comic strip editor, uh, all of you guests who might still listen to this podcast, uh, thank you for giving me uh, quite a few hours of entertainment uh, just for myself to listen to and uh, you know the conversations that we've had have been wonderful and hopefully those hours of entertainment for me have translated over to hours of entertainment for those of you out there that listen to this podcast uh, every week or occasionally if you see somebody that you want to hear from. I want to uh, thank everybody for continuing to listen to this podcast. Like I said, we're it's a small but dedicated following uh, group of people. I'm always looking for more listeners, uh, more people to uh, discover the wonder that is Doctor Who and the wonder that is Doctor Who in comic strip form. Uh, it's just great to see Doctor Who in comic strips. Uh, at Console Room, I hosted a panel about Doctor Who comic strips, and one of the things that we talked about is how you can 
Doctor Who is a, in a TV show itself has a, is a great format because you can tell basically any story. However, you're always kind of restricted by what uh, budget constraints you have. You know, whether it be the small budget that the original Doctor Who show had back in the 60s, or even nowadays when, if you li- read what Russell Davies has to say about the new Doctor Who that they're making, um, they're, they don't have as big a budget as, say, a Star Wars TV show on Disney+. Plus. So even at millions and millions of dollars an episode, he's still facing budgetary constraints. The wonderful thing about Doctor Who comic strips is that you have the exact same format as the TV show, but the only budget constraint you have is whatever the the artist who's drawing it can render on the comic book page. And, you know, if you've read comics, Doctor Who comics over the years, you can see that uh, depending on the artist, you can have anything from a small, intimate story to something like Voyager, which is just mind-bogglingly expanse uh, and and huge and uh, galaxy-spanning. Uh, it's just great stuff. I love it. Uh, I know those of you who listen to this podcast love it, and thank you very much for listening to this podcast for nine years. Uh, we're still going strong. We're going to have some more interviews coming up here shortly. So until then, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And until next time, this is Jeremy Bement saying bye. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you. Thank you.